And guten Morgen. Today is a special edition of the Stream of Random podcast with Ariana, who's joining me on a walk. Say hi, Ariana. Hi, guys. I hope you can hear her all right. That's all right. You can, you can repeat everything I say. I'll just repeat everything she says, like a, like a parrot. Let me just show, let me look at the uh, volume meter here. Now say something. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah, it's showing up pretty good. Yeah, that's good. Pretty well. Now we're going to work on our grammar because we went to a uh, a Toastmasters meeting yesterday, which was like a cringe compilation. It was everything that you hate about work that compiled, they'll compiled yeah. and they want you to do that. Yeah. Like those fake people at work that like sit there and make up their hair and adjust their camera and like look at the clock yeah. it's like oh you're over time oh well thank you so much for your contribution and um judge you on your grammar on your appearance on your appearance on your looks on if on your looks if you say um or not yeah. like all the things that you are might, not huh? you, you might even be judged for being too critical oh yes because the point of public speaking is to appear Secure. Mm -hmm. and Zisha, how do you say Zisha? Yeah, you shouldn't be too negative. You have to be positive. Yeah. Keep yeah. a positive tone. Yeah. So that fake, phony, smiling face is exactly what is expected of you. Yep. Uh, yep. So, um, so guys, we're gonna change the whole nature of this podcast, and we're just gonna give you fake smiley news every day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, that's so amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. so you just basically have to raise your voice for about two octaves when you get excited. Like, you're talking like this, mm -hmm. and you get excited, you go, oh wow! Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, you gotta raise the pitch, that's right. <sighs> so, yesterday, CNN tapes dropped, and James O'Keefe from the Project Veritas, he, um, if you haven't heard about this, stop everything and type it in before it gets blacklisted on Twitter. Basically, um, he has hours and hours of internal recordings from uh, CNN. Someone was listening in on their Zoom calls or whatever. And then he dials in to their Zoom call in the morning just to show them that he has access. And he's like, hey guys, I'm on this call with you now. <laughs> And by the way, I'm dropping the tapes. Bye. <laughs> and they're like, no! But the, the hipster idiots, they don't want to hear it. See, they don't want any critical thinking. No. They have it all defined for themselves. Well, they, didn't want, they didn't want to hear about Clinton's stuff either. Or Biden, Hunter. Or anything. Anything. Well, there's one thing they want to know about. They want to know about the new Chick-fil-A sandwich, and if it's better than the Popeye sandwich. Well, I'll tell them all I got a message for them. You know, I've been so much in love with mid-century modern, and now it's gone mainstream. It came to you guys. It's become your flavor. And, uh, and I'm sick of it. What? Yeah. You're sick of mid-century modern? Well... Or are you sick of all the people? I, I think I, they're, they're, they're ruining it for me. 
I see. This is Ariana. She's a, she's a pure elitist, and she's like, oh no, the commoners have entered into my elitist little party well, it's here. It's the elitists who are entering now. <sighs> you have to excuse us for the the cars here. We're going to be off the main street in a second. But what you're saying is, is that now it's trendy, yeah. and now you can't stand it. Yeah. Huh. Who would have known? But you know, the good thing is, is that the people who work at Salvation Army still don't Google the stuff. They don't use that to price it. So they're not going to up price those pieces. You just got to go there and get them. Well, they're only going to get to a certain point. Um, of when it comes to identifying, but doesn't matter. I already have a big collection. I'm happy with it. Even if I stop here, it's, it's good enough. So how many pieces do you have? Oh my God, many pieces. As many as they're fit in my six-room house, let's put it that way. I furnish six rooms for now. Yeah. I always thought it would be great to have some kind of app to uh, buy stuff from Goodwill or Salvation Army online. And they actually have a Goodwill um, website you can buy stuff on. It's like an eBay. I ordered a book, an audiobook. Mm-hmm. And Goodwill has now an audio, an online audiobook sale. Yeah, and they also have computers and stuff. Which is pretty good. They're selling computers with Linux on Goodwill. Wow. Yeah, yeah. They're actually not even bad computers. Yeah, well, I don't know too much about the tapes. I listened to one of them. But basically, we're going to wait for some more dirt. Um, but uh, the whole election thing is going is going crazy. They've had three states have had public hearings now. And um, there's recordings of the, the allegations, and it's pretty... It's pretty amazing what uh, what the stories that they're telling. Um, yeah, and I was listening to some conspiracy radio yesterday, and the guy is saying that they want to uh, that Trump should declare martial law, and basically uh, arrest everybody. And I think that's a little bit extreme because. Even if Biden becomes president for two months and then Trump continues on his journey to fix the election system, and even if he doesn't fix the election for himself, but he fixes it for the future, I could say he could say that he did a good job. You know? Yeah. It, you know, they don't want to hear it. The only thing they want to do with Trump is use him to troll and to sell their newspapers. Yeah. But they don't want to actually, um, yeah. They don't want to report on the stuff that he's actually saying? 
No, they don't even follow that thing. Yeah. They don't even know what he's doing. No. And how much he's doing. Well, a Zuckerberg. How, how some, how some, hmm? some of it is like amazing. Mm-hmm. But. Hey, Zuckerberg might be um, in trouble. Oh. For uh, making illegal do do he 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 spent hundreds of millions on this election illegal well through some third-party nonprofits but he was directly influencing the vote and setting up um, places to collect ballots which are considered maybe to be illegal in any case the guy was very much involved in this election uh, I wouldn't be surprised and Bill Gates probably too probably and Tim Cook and the Googles. And no, I have never been inspired by Bill Gates or, or Zuckerberg oh. or Steve Jobs. Wait, wait, wait. I was inspired by Bill Gates when I was a kid. Okay. Well, I, I haven't reached that point yet. I wanted to be just like him. Oh. I didn't know that. Well, you know, when I was a young kid, he was like, he was like the American Idol. The nerd who became rich. I did my report. I did a report on him. Well, let's see who's writing to us here. Uh, 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 I don't think. Uh, well, it's fine. Looks like the deer gone away. So, but the question is: Is Biden gonna lock us down more? Mm-hmm. Or is he going to open up things? I just heard a theory that he is uh, thinking of opening up schools. Uh-huh. Somebody just told me. I haven't I haven't checked the facts. I don't know. Because he thinks that kids are not um, considered um, high risk. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he wants to open up the schools. I don't know. You don't know? Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know anything. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, I don't think we should speculate on what he may or may not do. <clears throat> we have to wait for this fight to finish. He hasn't even been elected. He hasn't even been voted in as president-elect. So um, I think we have two more weeks until... Um, <clears throat> until he gets the keys or something? No, until, until he's even officially declared the winner of the election. I think he is going to be declared the winner of the election. But it hasn't happened yet. Oh, yeah. But it's okay. Not by the constitutional means. Okay. So, so think, uh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't uh, develop any new conspiracies? I think we should buy some popcorn and just watch the show. We're like the, watching gladiators fight. It's like the Roman Colosseum, where you have the guy fighting against the lion or two gladiators fighting to the death. That's what Americans like. They want that gladiator feeling, you know? They want to see people fighting to the death for no reason. And they're eating their popcorn and drinking their Coca-Cola. They're like, go blue, go red, go team, yay! That's funny. That's what it is. <clears throat> oh, she's got ducks. Ducks? Ducks, yeah, she's got ducks. Chicken lady's got ducks now. Wah, wah, wah. You hear them? Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. This is tall grass. I love it. 
Yeah, well, we're going to have tall grass soon. Or oh, is that a chicken? No, those are ducks. I had the chickens on the podcast the other day. Let's just go down this way, down to the park. Sure. <clears throat> yeah. Cadwalder. Cadwalder. Katzenwald. Cad. Not cat. Uh, cad like. Yeah, D. But wall doesn't. Yeah, that's right. That's in German. Cad like cadmium. Yeah, I don't know um, where that name's from. But uh, yeah, I generally don't give out my uh, location most of the time. Sorry for spying on your location. Well, yeah. But if someone's going to try and find me, I'm sure they could find me. Well, you got to back up today. Big Mama's going to protect you. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Mama Bear. Hey, watch out. If Mama goes crazy. Oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> um... So CNN tapes or something happening, and um, <clears throat> I posted something on uh, I posted something yesterday on our uh, topic for this um, that QR code that nasty QR code that I posted with all those black and white pixels on there. And Curry's like, well, what are you, what are you gonna do with this? What is it for? I'm like, it's just a demonstration. <coughs> You're confusing that guy, you know. He's probably thinking. He's probably sitting there thinking, what category should I put my thing? Well, yeah, he's not. Uh, well, the thing is, is that I didn't present it very well. I need to do a write-up on it. So, yeah, I haven't had the time. Exactly. So the conclusion yesterday from the uh, public speaking. Yes, the public speaking. Wasn't so much the fact that you need to improve, improve public speaking. Mm-hmm. I mean, one can always improve things, but I think it's uh, just a little bit. Uh, Structure and it's difficult for someone that is ahead of the game to make a structure that is understandable for someone who never heard of that subject, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, to lay out a foundation. You gotta go down to the, you know, the basics. The baby age. Well, they say um, IBM said their documentation is directed at eighth grade. But um, I think my work experience says we should direct our documentation to the fourth grade. Okay. <laughs> so like fourth grade knowledge level. Well, when I used to prepare my thesis, um, 
the goal was to have a presentation of seven minutes. I was talking on Bach. I was analyzing some fugues from Bach and some fugues. fugues. Box fugues. So and I had seven minutes to mm -hmm. explain to someone that does not understand music. Yeah. Like, you know. Mm -hmm. But what are you gonna explain to them? What could you possibly explain? Yeah, well, much as you can in seven minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, you can explain to them the uh, the idea. Mm -hmm. um, you can explain to them the the group and the plan. The group development people, you got that? That would be the rough development start, plan. Start with the big picture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The rough outline. Yes. And then you have one, let's say, I, ha I had one table of details. Mm -hmm. And that table of details had all the little motifs that I didn't get to talk about so much, of mm -hmm. course, in seven minutes. But at least you're presenting them and you're saying, okay, so you may see this type, you may mm -hmm. see this type. Yes. You may see this type. You're giving them lists of categories. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how to identify them. But again, for a musician of my uh, level, that would have been like, you know, not much information. Mm -hmm. It's more made for the dummies. Mm -hmm. like. Well, let's say someone who doesn't have any knowledge of the situation. Yeah. yeah. So I think that there's a certain level of how do you start and what's expected. Like certain forms, certain types of ways the, the, the documents should be written, you know, certain layouts, aesthetics that people are used to. And I think it's important to to make a conclusion, right? To have mm -hmm. a big conclusion, so something that they can understand and remember, even mm -hmm. if it's just one aspect of it. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know. Okay. Because if you leave too many doors open, people get confused. Ah. Like, um, and those details and those open subjects, you actually, in fact, you hide them, sort of. Mm -hmm. Right? You You put them out, but you don't put too much uh, um, weight on them. Mm -hmm. The weight is only on things that are known to be... Okay, so now now we can apply our right brain, left brain idea to this, <laughs> where the right brain knows all of the details. Oh, wait, right brain, left hand, yeah. The right brain knows all the details. It has all of overview. It loves all the details, right? And the left brain is like... I don't know anything, you have to spoon feed me this from the beginning, right? It's like the tip of the, the pyramid, so you need to give it the conclusion, which is the, 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 the viewpoint, the very top level point of the pyramid, the eye, and then you have to build up underneath that eye, like some things they can look at, and build them from scratch. So I think that's really what we're talking about here. It's um, constructing spoon-fed information for the uh, left brain, right hand.
um, giving things a viewpoint, <clears throat> making them handy. And the other thing is, it's funny enough, but having doubts, right? Having doubts or seeing things critically and not being able to decide whether or not, mm -hmm. um, it, it, it doesn't get the people. You know, people want statements. Mm -hmm. They want to hear. Mm -hmm. They want you to take a position. Right. Yeah. And then they want to say, I can identify with that position or I, not. I will never forget. We had, we had a professor who was like extremely smart, mm -hmm. right? But the guy was a, a, a very gentle soul. Um, soul, very, you know, you would say insecure. Mm -hmm. He wasn't. He was. He would just consider all the aspects and bring them all up, mm -hmm. and then you'd have to make your decision, right? Yeah. Well, there you go. So that's a right brain. The right brain says, "Here are all these aspects, right? Yeah. I'm not getting involved." And the left brain is the one that needs to make the decisions, right, in terms of choosing a perspective, because it can't handle multiple perspectives at the same time. Yeah. So there you go. So that, that's a good example of why the left brain um, is upset. That's a good way to get the left brain upset. You have to give it one perspective and mm -hmm. make it simple and build it up. Yeah, give it a structure. Give it a structure, otherwise it'll be confused. See, but okay, and, and and I see that the structure, the, the need for structure or for the left brain, mm -hmm. is normal. You know, you you work, yeah. you build the structure, you build a new level of understanding. Mm -hmm. But then you have to break it. You have to start all over, right? Well, that's when you assimilate the information, and that goes from the left brain to the right brain. So you're shoveling it through the the left brain, and then it enters into the right brain for, to the people. And then they can build their own structures. So if I if I was to analyze myself mm -hmm. and say, okay, um, how long are the periods where I am um, where I have a structure? I build a structure for my brain. I I put everything everything makes sense in that in that. Uh, Structure. Schema, yeah. Um, that lasts, that's really very short lasting, right? The mm -hmm. most of the time I'm going to be confused and searching, mm -hmm. right? And then you have one week of, wow, I got it, mm -hmm. right? Yoo-hoo, I reached the new level. Yep. And then, uh, and then that's it, yeah? So it's a natural state for the human mm -hmm. being to be in a state of doubt. Mm -hmm. But it's, you know... Well, this is also about philosophy, okay? So, so first of all, that you-who feeling, that dopamine release, that happiness, will never last forever. Does the right brain look magic? No, because you only have so many, you only have so much drugs to, to snort, let's put it that way. You get a certain amount of internal dopamines or morphines or whatever, right? Oh no, you can never have enough drugs. No, no, you have it. And once... <laughs> Once you use it up, it's gone, or you've reached a saturation level. There are limits to internal happiness. Let's put it that way. Like short-term internal happiness. Yeah. It's gonna be the release of certain neurotransmitters, the usage of certain things. And after that period, it's gonna go down because otherwise you'll be eternally 
stuck there. So that's the first thing. Well, it's not necessarily down. I wouldn't say it's down. It's just... Uh, You'll get used to it. Yeah. And then I have my theory is that we get imprints. So when you have reach a new level, you, you create an imprint. You create a road sign in the map, in the brain. And you're like, okay, well, here is where this thing lives. You create like this little kiosk or something. It's like, oh, you want some of this? Okay, here. But basically, we're constructing um, networks or we're constructing um, or labeling them somehow, painting them. I don't know marking them that's the imprint okay. so when you reach a new understanding of something you create an imprint and you save that that becomes like frozen somehow in the brain yeah. right yeah. like the first time you went to a concert or the, I don't know the first time you understood uh, this musician Right? Yeah. Aha moments. Those aha moments. Those are the neural imprints, and they give you a dopamine. Uh, they give you the dopamines, the drugs, as a reward. Like, hey, here, Joe, you did a good job on your speech. We're going to give you another shot of your uh, injection there. I think it's almost like, like fueling your co taking fuel um, mm -hmm. for the next round. <laughs> yes. And that as well. You know, that's a really interesting point. Maybe there is a competitive structure in the brain where the neurons are competing for food. Do you ever think about that? Or fuel. Yeah, well, the food. Yeah, sugar or drugs or whatever it is. Neurotransmitters. Calories. Oxygen. Well, uh, yeah. There is theories... Uh... <clears throat> There's a lot of theories. Well, there might even be scientific work on perhaps not the neurons between themselves. Well, clusters. But, but uh, patterns. Bacteria. Oh. For example. In the brain. No, in your tummy. Oh. That influences your brain. Well, you got neurons in your tummy as well. You have bacteria in your tummy. That's right. That influence your brain. Well, Let's go this way. Yeah, there is there is that part we haven't even discussed. And supposedly those are external objects mm -hmm. that I'm gonna go this I'm gonna go on this side so the microphone's closer to you. Sure. <clears throat> so the uh, the gut biome. So you have some external aliens in your body, mm -hmm. right? Some bacteria that is not really. Um, yeah, symbiosis. And that is stealing your energy, mm -hmm. using you as a battery. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is going to... What about the fungus? Yeah, there you go. You forgot about the fungus. Oh, my God. You got the fungus. Yeah. How could I? Because the fungus is also... Uh, I bet you that you also have funguses in your body then. Or if they're not in your body, they're symbiotic with you outside. I, I, yeah. Well, I know, I know there's... A, Foot fungus. Well, yeah, I got those for sure. And other funguses. And other funguses. Producing wonderful smells. Yeah, exactly. So. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. Okay, so maybe we have brain fungus. But I was thinking something much more simple that the memes are competing in the brain for food. Like you might have multiple memes in your head that they're all fighting for food. 
who can get the most resources, the most attention in the brain. Yeah. It's not even that the memes are fighting for supremacy in society, but they're actually fighting in the brain. Like, me, 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 over here. Look at me. And the other one's like, no, no, no. Don't look at him, look at me. Yeah, interesting. And Joe is like, don't talk about Trump and his election fraud. Just look at me. So did you hear the conspiracy theory? Did you hear that he broke his foot? Ooh. Joe, big sleepy Joe. Joe Biden? Yeah, he broke his foot, shattered his foot, playing with his doggy. Oh. And now he's got a boot on his foot. And do you know what the um, ultra-conspiratorial crazy people are saying? Huh. That uh, Trump has put an ankle bracelet with a GPS tracker on it because he's actually locked up. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Isn't that crazy? People, yeah. Anything that they see, they're going to twist it. Yeah. They're going to make it fit into their structure. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that structure is not necessarily uh Timothy Leary called that a reality tunnel or yeah, Robert exactly, Anton Wilson. Right. It's gonna be different than any person. But see and people identify themselves so much with their mind, mm -hmm. the way they think. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they get into that category of thinking this way, mm -hmm. believing things that they don't have facts about. Mm -hmm. um, well, what do we have facts about? Like, I talked about this on this podcast, like, I go for my walks at night, right? People are like, oh, it's scary at night. But actually, it's more scary during the day. Yeah. Because the crazy people have working hours. I guess what I mean. The, the, the thugs and the hoodlums—they have working hours, mom. They don't go. To, they're not up at four in the morning going for their morning walk. Want to go look at that? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's actually more scary during the day. But you know what's funny about most conspiracy theories that mm -hmm. I have met? Yeah. There was a common thing. Fear. As soon as you started to present the facts, mm -hmm. they got disinterested. Yeah. Right? They don't want to. They want to maintain that idea of mystery. Yeah. Well, that's uh, the right brain versus the left brain again, okay? Okay. <laughs> so the right brain maintains that idea of mystery. It, it creates all these combinations, all these patterns. Like, oh, here's a thousand explanations for that boot. And as soon as we know what's inside the boot, then it disappears. It goes uh, poof. Yeah. So that's the left brain versus the right brain. The left brain is always fighting to reduce and simplify, right? And get introduce variables to get rid of the possibilities, to create these simple structures. And the right brain is always fighting to generate more possibilities. So that poof feeling that, 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 and I would say that the right brain is very much conspiratorial. Yeah, or, uh, yeah. It's a generator I, of possibilities. I think 
And I think the right brain, yeah, it's that need for spirituality. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, as well. The need for spirituality. Need mm -hmm. Spirituality. And, and so I am really so lucky mm -hmm. to have music mm -hmm. replace that need. You know, or is uh, fulfills that need. Fulfills that need. Uh -huh. Probably better than any religion out there. Well, all the religions have good music. If you don't have good music in your religion, you ain't a religion. Oh, come on. Islam doesn't. Yes, they do. No, they they got that dude singing. Oh, come on. They sing their, yeah, they sing their, uh, what's it called? Okay, I'm sorry, but okay. Islam also has art and music. Yes. It's just well, not called that. They just label it something different, but they sneak it in. Well, they're sneaking fact, it in, in there. Fact, in fact, what Islam, what Islam's strongest art is going to be mathematics and, and architecture. Yeah. <coughs> because they're sneaking in the art. And if you take, if you take box music, mm -hmm. and you take his notes and you put them into numbers, mm -hmm. and you get a, something like an Escher drawing out of well, it. Well, and then you get Islamic tiles. And you get Islamic tiles. Mm -hmm. So right there, yep. right? Um, there's your proof. There's your proof that they're like connected. Yeah. They're totally connected. They're, they're, they're but the Islamic tiles are just another way of expressing the same pattern that you'll find in Christian music, ex more explicitly. Like Bach put it into his mu his Christian music, and then it got transformed into, let's say, tiles. So you have the pattern. These patterns are just transforming into a different media, medium. Right? Yeah. It's like, okay, bitches, you won't let me sing. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go hide in these tiles here. You can't stop me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> or like with me, with my QR code, it's like, I'm going to put my metadata on the interweb, and you can't stop me. I'm going to hide it in a picture, okay? <laughs> I think, no, I think... Bach was very devoted to uh, Christianism, so that's where he got his inspiration from. He did. He wrote, uh, you know, he wrote church things. Yeah, he was a church dude. With, uh, yeah. Absolutely. I'm not. I'm just saying is that that expression, that expression that you're looking for, that beautiful expression of the soul that you find in Bach's music. In Islam, they weren't allowed to do that through music, so they it just transformed into something else. It hid itself in a different form. Because that wants to come out, it wants to express itself. I think Islam knows how dangerous music can be for the religion itself. Okay. So I'm going to stop right here, and we're going to say Paul Friedman, Yale, Open Courseware. <laughs> right? You have the icon class versus the iconists. Right? Paul Friedman, the history dude? Yeah, the history dude. Okay. Like, Islam goes back to the, um, his, he talks about the icon class, the destruction of the icons. Like, in the Byzantines, they would have these gold icons, and people would take pieces of the icons and eat them for health. They're like, oh, I have a little piece of the wood from the Maria icon, I'm going to eat that, it's going to make me holy. Hmm. And then people are like, shit, girlfriend! You can't do that, right? You're gonna hurt yourself. I know, but I have to admit secretly, I have stuff like that too. What, eating icons? No, but, yeah, icons, not eating icons, but believing that sometimes 
being in the right place with the right people, mm -hmm. it can open up gates that yes. you would have never been able to open by just working mm -hmm. and doing your job. Well, one teacher, a good teacher, is the same as 1,000 days of intensive study. One day with one teacher. I mean, this, this... That's what Vlad said. It is. I spent how many days in Canada? Mm -hmm. At Walters? Of course. By the way, it, yeah, so Argerich was there. How's Argerich doing? Uh, she, she, I just saw um, <clears throat> a rehearsal. She was practicing with her ex-husband. You know what my grandma would tell you to do? She'd be like, girlfriend, why don't you write her a letter? Like a handwritten paper letter with like some perfume on it in a nice envelope with a wax seal. And send it to Argerich and just tell her how much you love her and I, how you're her I, biggest I told fan. Her, I told her, I told no, but if you write her a letter, then... Then what? Then she knows that. She knows. We met. We spoke. I know, but... I'm just telling you what my grandma would say, because she was like old-fashioned like that. <laughs> like 1800s style shit, you know? Like exchanging letters with each other, expressing their gratitude towards each other, like... Well, in fact, I've done that several times, maybe intuitively, but I have... For example, when I... Uh, yes, when I look for mentors, uh -huh. uh, in Kansas, for example, mm -hmm. I found somebody that inspired me, and mm -hmm. then I wrote him a letter, and I said that. Was that the Spoonie G? Spoonie G. Spoonie G. I have to thank him a lot for the few lessons that we had. Uh-huh. It was very refreshing. He had a totally different point of view in exactly what I needed, because I am so, so stuck in this doubtful, negative... What, what the Americans would describe as negative. Well, yeah, which is the Russian school, which is he, I shit he, on you. He studied in Moscow. Mm -hmm. He studied in Moscow. He knows that pretty well. Mm -hmm. And he is the positive American dude. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, that, it's amazing. It's like, no, you don't say that. Yo, no, you have to. That was funny. So, yeah, I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. From a one lesson, from a good Now, does Argerish teach? No. No? No, no. She tells you, she teaches in her interviews, but boy, nobody understands that. Like, she does, she does tell you many secrets when, yeah. she, when you listen to her mm -hmm. talk. Many people would think, oh, this doesn't make any sense. Has anyone done any, can we do a podcast with her? There's an old interview. Oh, yeah, yeah, she doesn't like giving interviews, I believe. Yeah, because interviews suck because they edit it. But what about like a long form podcast, like a stream of random three hours just talking? I haven't heard a good one. Okay, well, we should, inter we should invite her to come on our podcast. She could make us famous. <laughs> hey, look at this dude. Yeah, we should actually compile. Mm -hmm. That's right, we should compile questions. Uh huh. Ask me anything. You know how Reddit has asked me anything? She should do a Reddit ask me anything. Yeah. But you know, she may not be your best public speaker. No. But if you listen to her, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. She did have hints and keys. Yeah. Well, she's very right brain then.
That girl learned Gaspar de la Nuit, one of the... Look at this. This is Roebling. He's my favorite Trenton dude. August Roebling. He made all the bridges. I think he made the Brooklyn Bridge. Let's look. Let's see. East River Bridge, yeah. However, the dude who made the, the one bridge here mm -hmm. um, in Trenton, mm -hmm. um, the architect who built the Eiffel Tower, mm -hmm. what was his name? I don't know. Same dude built the bridge in Trenton. Hmm. Yeah, we used to be someone. Trenton was going to be the capital city of America. But the Dixielanders, they said, nope. Y'all too much north for us. I think we should we should really explore Mill Hill some more. Uh-huh. I think there might be some really interesting people. Okay. Um, we can go to the punk rock band yeah. place. Yeah. We should declare the Mill Hill Autonomous Zone. They did. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, they are sort of an autonomous zone, are they? Did you hear about this cafe or bar in New York that has declared itself an autonomous zone? They're like, we're mask-free. People are doing that. They're kicking the police out. I, I was listening to Free Talk Live, the anarchist uh, libertarian radio. And they um, basically, the police show up at this person's business and they're like, the, the owners are like, what are you guys doing here on our property? Do you have a search warrant? Yeah. No. Well, why don't you leave? We don't want you here. Your job is to keep people who we don't want off our property, and you're not wanted. So why don't you just remove yourself right now? Well, that, <laughs> yeah. Well, that is that is mild because they're in their property. Mm -hmm. Now imagine me and my friends in Frankfurt mm -hmm. who occupied Evie. Mm -hmm. Oh God. <laughs> you mean the Frankfurt School for Social Research? The actual beginnings of the communist takeover of America. This is one of one of the craziest examples in Frankfurt, you know, experiences yeah. that I have had with communism is they have occupied an old <coughs> university building mm -hmm. with amphitheater and everything. Mm -hmm. Since the 60s, right? Uh, 60s? Well, some of these occupied buildings were occupied since the student revolution of 1969. That's interesting. I thought it was more recent. It could be more recent. So a couple friends of mine lived there. Mm -hmm. I was uh, almost about to move there. Mm -hmm. Good thing you didn't. But, but no, good thing I didn't because... The police came and tear gassed everyone? Well, they came and they would say, sorry, we don't operate with your laws. <laughs> we yeah. got here our uh, Karl Marx Bible. Yeah. We follow. That's right. We don't recognize your laws. Yeah. Eventually it became uh, too much for me, but the parties were the best. Mm -hmm. It was like the most amazing. Well, you know what they say, the individual may die, but the party will live forever. There you go. The party is eternal, Mom. Uh. <laughs> the parties were the best, yeah. The party will live forever. <laughs> That's this whole theme of um, communism. That's what they... Uh, they said in Albania, we were covering that topic, when uh, when your son would come home in a body bag, they would say, lady, don't worry, 
Your son may be dead, but the party will live forever. Oh well, I meant the party in terms of. I'm making a joke. Drunk. I know. <laughs> I'm making a joke. Joke. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, so Trenton had is quite. The, oh, do you want to see the bear cage? They had a bear here in the park. Me. Yeah, you want to see it? Oh, poor bear. And one of the guys I worked with said that when he was a kid, and he's a, a little bit older gentleman. When he was a kid, they would he would go and see the bear. This is before they had the riots. Hold on, someone's calling me. Oh God. No, please don't disturb. Oh, hemorrhoid wants to join our our chat. Okay, let yeah, me stop this. Him in. Okay, well, Mr. Uh, Chicken Jar, aka Harry Chicken, aka Harry Reed, says hello. He has life happening right now on his on his end. His restaurant actually has customers. Can you believe that? We also call them costumers because they get dressed up in costumes and come to your shop. So we're going to continue on our little walk here through historic Trenton. Where the drug dealers have not yet gotten out of bed. Now this is where they had their little morning um, little, uh, sports place. They had an outdoor sports center going here in the summer. But I guess they stopped because um, it got cold. See, not everyone is really uh, devoted. devoted to walk in the cold. But I have gotten used to it through um, training. If you go every day, you actually get used to the cold. Just gotta wear enough clothes. Now over here is a tree with a black uh, squirrel in it. We got black, brown, and gray squirrels in this park. Yep, and that's uh, Trenton High School over there. Or West, yeah, Trenton High. Building. It's, it's uh, almost the same like the one in New Jersey College. Yep. The clock tower. The clock tower. The brick and the window. Mm -hmm. It's like New Jersey 1800 style. Yeah, so then in the, when Martin Luther King was killed, uh, there were riots here in the town in Trenton. In New Jersey, all over the place. And um, a lot of things changed, but also a lot of people left the uh, city. It was basically um, that guy's just doing it, Mom. Look at him; he's just doing it, just doing it. So things, the demographics changed rapidly. Let's put it that way. So you think that they took the. How do you say? Back down? Yeah, went downhill. Downhill. Uh, well, that must have been the time then. Yeah, that's what I was told. Yeah. Like Chambersburg used to be mostly Italian, and they all left. But didn't they? Well, okay. 
Like I have eyewitnesses. The guy I work with, he grew up in Chambersburg. But they didn't leave because of the political changes, or did they leave because of the? Um, I don't know why they economical left. Economical changes. I yeah. thought several manufacturers mm -hmm. or yeah. job providers mm -hmm. they closed down, and yeah. that's what got it. I don't know the history. We'll have to study it. But, uh... I still think it's a beautiful city and totally worth recovering. Mm -hmm. And, uh... I really do hope that... that the black community is gonna get a momentum and, and, um... And, uh... I would love to see the city flourish, man. Mm -hmm. I would really, really love to. And I've met some amazing people. Yep. Um, right here, from this ghetto here. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, ghetto is a, is a strong term. I know, but I, okay. But yeah, you want to push this button here? The, um, okay, let's go. This section right over here has all those historic buildings. But we can walk around the school this way. Yeah, you see these windows? Those are just the same type of architecture also at the School for the Deaf. Right there, these bay windows. There's a certain style. Okay, my phone's blowing up here. Hold on. I should just put this thing on mute while I'm doing my podcast. Hey, we forgot to ask Heroid whether he could hear me or did he wasn't listening. Well, I'm pretty sure he can hear you. We can hear you because um, you can hear every single car and cricket <laughs> and duck. Okay. So, um, Not that I said anything worth listening to, but... Well... Look at that! Yeah. So we're staring at this clock tower of an old, let's say... Well here, MD, which is... um CCCC, that's 1900. CCCC is four C's, so that's 400, and D is 500. So it's M is 1,000, D is 500, four C's is 900, XX is 20, 1923. Oh, okay, all right. So, but made in the 1800 style. Style, yeah, in the old style. Neoclassic. That's before classic. Yeah. Um. This looks like a music hall of some kind. Nice. Yeah, it looks just like the College of New Jersey, doesn't it? Probably the same guys who built both, you mm -hmm. know. And, uh, they probably hired the same dude. Well, the architect was listed out front. I didn't remember to write that down. 
But even this house here, I mean, that's an amazing house right there. A little farmhouse type situation going on. A lot of these houses are beautiful. <clears throat> now what we'll do is we'll cross the highway over the footbridge and then we can walk down to the river and then go up to uh, the island. Okay. And then back up. All right, yeah, okay. I think we gotta um, up a little bit. Scoot. Gans gotta join the meeting at nine. Oh yeah. It feels like Friday, doesn't it? I don't know what it feels. Like. I slept literally all day yesterday. Uh, was it Monday yesterday, Tuesday? Um, Tuesday. yesterday I think was Tuesday. Tuesday. Today is Wednesday. Yeah. Okay, so where were we? Oh, well, well, we were talking about all types of stuff. Um, but this architecture, <clears throat> yeah, I wanted to show you the new buildings that they're building um, in the town center, the new town center on top of the old GM factory. Okay. The Parkway Village. Okay. And um, it's basically just uh, wood and pressed wood and facade. It's like the cheapest construction you can imagine. They're building the walls of the building out of pressed board. You know, particle board? Yeah. 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 But that's how our house is probably built too. You think? Yeah. I guess so. I don't think we have the Tuvec, DuPont Tuvec wrap. Tyvek. So, um. So this election has exposed uh, so much corruption um, in so many different forms. And uh, it seems like it's been going on for some time. And it really makes you wonder what type of, you know, country. They had this one Indian lady, she was being interviewed. Good morning. Hey, puppy dog. That's one big puppy dog. Oh, I didn't get to show you the bears. Cage, we skipped that. Huh? Oh, well, there's no bears in there now. Like, they, it's just an empty cage. Like, if there were real bears in there, I'm sure you would have, we would have gone seeing them before. It's just a bear cage. Like where you can lock people up in there overnight. Yeah. If they don't pay their parking tickets. Yeah, then the bears are gonna come get you. Here, I'll walk on this side because uh, 
We're going to have another great audio quality today. Look at that river. It's really full. The Delaware is overfilling today. Good morning. The Delaware is overfilling today. So, yeah, did we run out of words? Well, we were discussing this as it's called a synaptic depression. Okay. So, a synaptic depression is when you use up all of your your juice uh -huh. between the neurons and you go into a slight depression okay. where you don't have the energy to use those neurons again they have to recharge okay. so we have to switch topics now and go to something completely different use a different part of the brain All right. or we just stop the podcast normally I'll just stop the podcast here and listen to some crazy shit for some inspiration Okay, so we're going to stop right now because we've reached a low point in our talk. And if we feel like we find anything worth discussing, we'll continue in the next segment. That's the way we do it now. Okay. Instead of pushing on because people, yeah. do you know about people who have knowledge of the situation? Hmm. Um, that one guy who's on our chat. Yeah. Who's always complaining about everything. He's like, you're just rambling. It's just shit. You're producing shit. Why would anyone want to listen to this? So uh, he said, don't ramble. So we're not going to ramble, okay? If we don't have anything to say, we're going to stop. Okay. And welcome back, people, to NPR Radio. Today, we have our guest, Ariana DuPont, a classically trained pianist, who's going to give us the highlights of music. And tell us what she thinks about classical music and what's important. Wow, okay. Wasn't expecting this. I was expecting to, uh, to do some random stuff. <laughs> this is random. You can put it on. Okay. So, no, you're not giving me the word, are you? Yeah, good word. Not good at public speaking. Doesn't matter. Okay. So, uh, well, tell me, what would you like to hear? Well, you were telling me about Horowitz and uh, Arkerich being effortless. Yeah, well, we were talking about the, the old Lehre, how do you the say? The old master, Lao Tse. Hold on. Yeah, you put, you put this no, on. No, no, no. no, no you put don't this on. I am worrying. I don't want it on. Hey, I don't want to leave the show. You leave the show. I'll I was just interviewing you. You okay. were talking. Sure. Okay, people. Sorry about this interruption. <laughs> so we were talking about Lao Tzu, the old master. And our friend was saying um, to perform without working, he wants that job. And I was saying that's the right brain versus the left brain. The master is the right brain, according to this guy. His book is called The Master and His 
and his emissary, where the master is the right brain, which knows all things and does nothing, and the left brain does everything, the master is not involved with doing things. It's just kind of like sitting there, like giving commands and like putting things together. And the left brain is actually involved in actually manipulating things and doing things. But the master keeps himself distant from all these things. It's like, I'm not involved, I'm not, I'm not touching that. I, I don't think it's, it, it, I, I don't think it means um, not doing anything. I think it means of um, letting go of the effort mm -hmm. and letting things happen. Yeah. You still think and analyze it. Uh, memorize and do, yeah. Um, there's a big dog on you. I know, he's a big doggy. Hey, doggy. Oh. He's about six foot tall standing up. That's a dog, doggy of some kind. Mm -hmm. It could be a mastiff. Uh, big dog. So you're saying it's an effortless. Um, it's the effortless, is the it's the art of letting go, yet shaping it, mm -hmm. right? Or yep. maybe I don't know if 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 the art of meditation is about shaping something, uh, but the art of music is. Mm -hmm. You're still shaping things spontaneously. Mm -hmm. uh, Tweaking them. Tweaking them. Well, that's the ideal. Mm -hmm. of, uh, so you practice the structure, you practice the structure, but then the performance you practice, you want to be able to let go of that structure and, 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 and... Let it happen. Let it happen, exactly. So, well, at least that's what, what I was believed it was the right way. And now I think... I should, in fact, uh, not practice any structures anymore and focus entirely on the art of letting go. Uh, now, it's very risky because you may not always align with stylistical requirements that one or another composer uh, uh, may or mm -hmm. you know, what the society believes to what be the, the Toastmasters right, uh, say is the, the right, right clothes to wear to play, to play Beethoven mm -hmm. or the right way to play this and that well you have to wear white socks I think oh, if you want to wear if you want to play Beethoven you have to wear those white stockings that go to the knee it's so ridiculous I'm still healing from that I, I really think that some of the biggest damages that I have gotten uh, were came from the education <laughs> came for you precisely from those wonderful institutions I studied at. Mm-hmm. The doctrine? Yeah. Well, here, can I, can I say, make a suggestion? Sure. What if you practice the, the yin and the yang? What if one day you would practice structure, and then the next day you would practice destructure? Oh, look, you can't really play without the structure. These of you... As an interpret, okay? I'm not talking from a perspective of a uh, jazz dude who goes there and plays something. Although I don't 
An interpreter. An interpret is an interpreter or like a, a, a yeah. performer. You're performing someone else's work. Yeah. You're so following you're, someone else's instructions. You're taking Shakespeare's uh, text and you are... Breathing life into it? Yeah, you're, you're playing it in a theater. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but at the end of the day, um, the masterpieces are very universal. They're so universal that it is almost, almost a pity, a crime, not to explore the possibilities uh, that they could could fit into the new uni universal thoughts that they may make sense. Meaning that. We're used to hear a certain a certain flavor mm -hmm. that's um, familiar to us. That's familiar to us. But uh -huh. then, for example, Glenn Gould is a good example. Yeah. He took Bach and he played it in a completely different manner. Yeah. That was, you know, very unorthodox. Mm -hmm. Yes. And yet he gave it a whole new life. He gave it a new direction. Mm -hmm. Right. So teaching us to stay true to those stylistical needs, we had to because that's how they uh, they graded you. They graded us, right? Yeah, you were being like, taught. Oh, perfectly. See how beautiful she did this in Mozart and this, and exactly how. Mm -hmm. Well, this is Toastmaster. To this is the Toastmaster. So like, yeah. You have to hold your head in this way. You have to pronounce it this way. You have to. You know, talk and this and way, exactly, walk this way. Exactly. And it took me all these years to realize that it's not actually repeating the same pattern over and over again so you can memorize it and even have an idea of what you want and how you want to say it. And, you know, but it's, it's letting go and play every time differently. Mm -hmm. and, and, and accept... Also, when you're not playing well, when you it, when you don't have a phenomenal mm -hmm. idea at the moment, just just move on, just go, just let it mm -hmm. let it flow. Let it flow and don't identify with it. That's the yin and the yang. Like, don't identify with your thoughts of the moment mm -hmm. because it's not going to be the thought that you're going to have tomorrow. <laughs> well, that's very Buddhist. Buddha said that all everything is temporary. See, that's what I'm saying. I never studied Buddhism. Mm -hmm. I meditated, maybe I can count in my fingers how often I meditated. Yeah. But I think I've been doing this stuff through music. Yes. And at the end of the day, when I talk with people that are spiritual and have practiced Buddhism, mm -hmm. uh, we're like totally... Um, connected? Connected. We're like, yeah, exactly, precisely. Uh, so. Yeah. So, and that's therefore, mm -hmm. coming back to what we said mm -hmm. the uh, other half of the podcast, yeah. that music may be, uh, interpreting music, mm -hmm. yeah, interpreting music yeah. may be the best uh, practical mm -hmm. thing towards something bigger. What about just listening to music? Like, why do you have to interpret it? Why do you have to play it? Isn't listening to it also just good enough? 
I mean, obviously one person has to go through the work of doing the interpretation and the playing, but after you have that person doing it, isn't... Like telling someone uh, you don't need to meditate, mm -hmm. you just have to look at somebody else meditating. Okay. So it's not the real thing. Okay. So you're saying that me, as being a non-musical person, I can never experience this because I can't just listen to someone who's skilled, who's going to share. I can't just go to church and listen to the choir sing. I have to actually go and sing myself. Oh no, that's that's not true. No, that's not what I want to say. I think you could probably find find ways in anything else that you do mm -hmm. to connect to connect it to make it spiritual and enjoyable. Well, I think I think that even just listening to that music is going to connect you to the person who's reaching that spiritual moment. That the spiritual moment is the message that's being communicated by the music, and that you can find that spiritual moment in the message. In fact, the art of listening mm -hmm. is very similar to the art of... Well, Thank you. they have one thing in common. You know, if there's one thing in common a good listener and a good interpreter have, mm -hmm. is the art of letting go and go with the flow. Yep. Like the best concerts that I've had were the ones where there was no... The people mm -hmm. were just they were just letting go. They, they were enjoying it. Now this gets into my theory of meaning that I've been working on. That when you listen to music, it's actually instructions for you to create a phenomena in your head. Okay, music might be a direct phenomena, right? Like music is a direct sensory input. So it's not really instructions for creating an input, it's actually input itself. But the music is going to also create something deeper in you. Okay. Like that spiritual thing. It's, it's going to basically tell you, okay, now I want you to create something else. It's going to give you instructions for creating a deeper experience. Right? Um... Instructions. Yes, instructions for your to, to, to drive your imagination. Like, it's telling your imagination to paint this picture kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know if I understand what you mean. Okay. Um, okay, so... Well, there is certain, certainly... Uh, when certain, you read a book... Certain pattern mm -hmm. that imply a certain feeling or yeah. a certain... Mm -hmm. feeling that is oftentimes not even describable in words. Yes. Because, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, all this confusion and all these things that that we're oftentimes not able to categorize. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just talking about the feeling. The feeling. So the music will create a feeling and it's instructions basically for you to create that feeling. Uh, yes. No, I, in fact, you want to stay out of the feeling. Okay. Um, so you want to you wanna have a certain distance to imposing feelings so much, mm -hmm. right? If you really um, have to come naturally. And yes. So the I, listener I will find those feelings. Or the, the listener will interpret that himself. He will interpret them himself based on his knowledge and, and his experience and his state of being. Uh-huh. Uh, 
and it might be a callback to another song that he knows, or it might be something from nature that they can understand, like a bird song. I, I myself have certain periods, I can't listen all the composers at the same time. I have, for example, I've Phases. had a Chopin break for years. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear about him. Yeah. Like, I really, I, I, I was sick of romanticism and all of that. And yeah. I, and I wasn't open to it. I, I needed something else. So, it depends also how you feel. And well, that was me with Zappa. I was on a long Zappa break, but now I'm back into it. I've got that song <laughs> in my head. I can't get rid of it now. The uh, Inca Roads. Guacamole queen, guacamole queen. <laughs> yeah, that dude is hilarious. But I had a long Zappa break. So, my theory of meaning, right, is that... Like a story, the words of a story, if you're listening to an audiobook, if you're listening to a, if you're reading a book, those words are instructions for you to paint a picture in your brain. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're not actually painting a picture, they're just telling you how to paint the picture. Yeah. Now the music is also either painting a direct picture. Like, it's, it sounds like a bird singing. It sounds like the waves of an ocean. It sounds like the heartbeat. It either sounds like something that you could directly recognize, or you're going to interpret it deeper and maybe reference other music that you might know or reference another part of the piece that's already been played. Well, yeah, but there is, yeah, well, we call that there's absolute music, mm -hmm. and there's program. <laughs> Programmatic, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how you call it in English. Yeah, okay, that's so, fine. Program music, which has titles and motifs and descriptions and meanings and encoded and all of that. For yeah. example, oh yeah. Oftentimes, you'd have a little motif, a little theme. Yeah. Um, of uh, a certain character, and then when yes. when Tristan comes into the stage, it's the Tristan theme. Uh, it's the Tristan. He may not even appear in the mm -hmm. stage. You hear the Tristan theme, and you know it. The story happens in the music. So. Well, the same thing with Darth Vader. Darth Vader, Luke Skywalker, they all have their own themes. Yeah, they have their own motifs. Mhm. Mm and uh, so yeah, that's that's always been. So that kind of ties into my theory of meaning. But, and then there is, of course, certain things that um, the composers use to get the listener engaged. Mm -hmm. and like something exciting. Something exciting. For example, the human ear loves to recognize things. Yeah. Because for then he feels engaged, he mm -hmm. feels like, okay, mm -hmm. I can relate to this. Yeah. That's why most of the songs are going to have a refrain, mm -hmm. um, a little... A repeating element. A repeating element that people go like, oh yeah, you mm -hmm. know. I can, that's why I can deal with that, yeah. Popular music is so... It's only refrain. It, because it's, it's what we call an ostinato, it's a yeah. figure that repeats itself like over and over again. Yeah. People get used to it and they can relate to it pretty quickly. Yeah. And is that the hook? Is that what they call a hook in uh, rap music? I I don't know what they mean by hook. Well, we watched that rhythm and flow. Okay. It's like it ain't easy for a pimp. Da 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 da. da. <laughs> you know, like that one part that he kept on repeating in the whole movie. Okay. 
He's like, life ain't easy for a pimp. Yeah. Right? And, and, and it's very interesting because uh, uh, there are certain forms um, that pieces are composed mm -hmm. that um, there's not too many of them, but there are certain structures that um, all the classical, the classi I mean, the, not the classical in terms of um, the period, but all the big composers, they use them, right? Mm -hmm. And there are certain uh, tricks like that. For example, you want to change the color of the song. Mm -hmm. So they oftentimes, for example, the sonatas, they're going to have a female theme or a mm -hmm. male theme and a female theme that contradicts it. That brings a different... Mm -hmm. The black and white, the contrapunct. Yeah. Like Escher, day and night. Yeah, pretty much. And they fit together. And they fit together. And then... I was made for love and you, baby. You were made for love and me. <laughs> okay. Like that? Kind of fitting together? Okay. Okay. Well, my turn. Well, we're walking on the no trespassing zone in the Trenton Country Club, where they don't want you to walk. But they don't really enforce that. It's selective enforcement. I try and stay off the green when people are playing golf, because I don't want them to feel upset. And it's funny because what I'm doing is walking, it's my sport, and what they're doing is playing golf, and that's their sport. And they drive around in little carts and hit the ball around. You think, that's not really a sport, is it? Like, driving around in a cart and hitting a ball around. It does require skill. They make more money playing golf than they do walking. Well, you could say that pool isn't a sport either, then. It's yeah. not like they move much. Sitting in a smoke-filled room. Drinking beer, playing pool. But it's my favorite sport. <laughs> I think I could do pool. The pool's pretty cool. It is cool. And I guess that is very, uh, what's it called? Not right brain, but left brain? Because you have a closed system with all these um, angles. And, I mean, sure, you have the right brain possibilities, but... Oh, come on. You got the artists there that come out of nowhere and do yeah. craziest Okay, so it's both. It's a mix. Okay. So my dad said to my son that it's nice that his father's making these recordings and that one day when I'm no longer around he could delete them <laughs> be like delete I'm not paying rent on this uh, hold on I'm not paying rent on these bites because in the future every memory that you want to save you're gonna have to click on the like button five times on some ad just to pay for your rent that's my theory in the um, dystopian future Ariana you're gonna be sitting and looking at ads to pay for your uh, your digital rent of all the digital properties that you own. Yeah. Right? Sorry, it's really hard. Uh huh. Hey. Hey. 
Yeah, well, life's happening right here, guys. Okay, hey, we gotta stop this. We gotta edit that out. Gonna stop this right now. Okay, we're back. After I scolded my wife for saying passwords on the podcast, we're gonna have to edit out. And you know, we believe in not editing anything here. It's just live and direct because everything that we do is amazing in our safe space. Oh right? Okay. It's like supreme dilettantism, <laughs> self indulgent behavior, right? It's like, everything you do is magic. Everything you do is magic. Oh, wow. It's like, we're like doing like first grader, like artwork here with like stick figures, you know? That's what our podcast level is. It's like first grade. Um, just recording our conversation. Yeah. And, um, but the good thing is, is that when our AI is going to get better, we're going to transcribe it and we're going to be able to find pieces to use against us much better. Morning guys. See, that was a nice wave. That was an honest hello. Yeah. Not that other hand sign that we don't want to mention yeah we were just talking it's funny because when you raise your hand at school mm -hmm. you sort of you know it, it kind of reminds me <laughs> of, of the hand sign now we used to we, we used to in Kosovo when I went to school we used to raise two fingers like in victory like a peace sign like a peace sign that's how we now there's two different sides to that peace sign. There's the forward facing and the backward facing, right? Okay. Um, in Britain, the two fingers backward facing, this one, okay. is a sign of defiance, where the British would show the French that they still had their fingers to shoot their bow and kill the French, because the French would cut off the fingers of the British um, to prevent them from shooting the bow. Funny. Yeah. So, you know, hand signs have all types of different meanings. Um, all right, well, we have the, uh, the, uh... Forward-facing rabbit ears. Yeah. As you're, you would raise your hand in school. Yeah. I was just remarking that some people have a very weird wave where they raise their hand like Hitler did. <laughs> in a little Hitler sign. In a little, a little flap. The little hand flap upwards like that. Now, it, Hitler would raise the entire arm. No, he wouldn't. No? No, if you ever look at him in the videos, he always just did the small little hand flap like that. Oh, but all the did others, it. they raise the whole arm. But, but he would do it all day long, so... So he... He, uh, he would do it all day long. He was entitled to modify it. Well, yeah, because he was like... <laughs> was, uh, he was getting tired from doing that all day. Copyright. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh. Yeah, the stream of random has reached a new low level today. 
Yesterday with Hera Reed, uh, we reached an absolute bottom level of... Not having anything to talk about? No, in terms of level, I mean, niveau. The niveau went down to negative territory. Yeah, we were talking about all types of crazy stuff that I don't even want to mention. I'm ashamed of what we came out of my mouth. We were shit-talking. Yeah. Shit-talking. I will just, uh... It's funny what you'll do for your audience when people get together and talk shit. Yeah. Now, um... I was going to say something. The, um, yeah, brain fart. Totally lost my concept. Well, we were talking about the hand signs. Yeah, I know. And then we were talking about how certain people, mm -hmm. they own the copyrights. Yes. To do whatever they want, mm -hmm. and they don't get judged. Yes, because well, they're the leaders. Folks, yes, they're supposed to follow the rules. Yes, you and understand? this is what we call power. This is called so hegemony. You have to earn uh -huh. the right yeah. to be original and authentic. Wait a second, James Brown. He said, "I paid the cost to be the boss." Well, it's crap. You know, it's crap from to to begin with. Yeah. And I think the entire educational system is based on that, and it sucks. Okay. Because... Now we have to self-censor here. We're entering a safe space. Well, let's get a little from that side. So, yeah. Let's screw that. Mm -hmm. Whoever doesn't like it, they can turn it off. Well, that's what I say, yeah. And they do. But we also have been developing a um, something against that, where we're taking control of people's hands and for, for preventing them from turning it off. Well, I think what, what we should do, uh -huh. what we could do, is try to use those tricks that they use in music to keep people engaged. Oh. Like dogs, sounds of dogs barking that people can recognize. So maybe you want to have a certain, a certain theme mm -hmm. that you keep bringing up. Well, that's what they do on the Hog Story. They just play jingles. Like he keeps on hitting the sound. He's got like a soundboard. Yeah. And he always just throws in like some crazy stuff well, over same, and over again. Same with, uh, same with. Uh, oh yeah. You get, you get uh, attached to those. Jingles, mm -hmm. and you relate to them, and you understand the joke behind them. Yes, they create meaning. And they create meaning. But, but we're doing that on our podcast with words. Oh. We have our own vocabulary. All right. Oh yeah. Well. And you have to listen to all the episodes to figure out all the keywords. <laughs> and it's actually impossible because your ears will start bleeding. Yeah. It'll cause brain damage if you actually had to listen to them. So it's really a, quite the secret language we've, we're developing. That is funny. Yeah, it's it's a self-protecting system, you see. <laughs> like even if they have like the machine the machine learning trying to figure out what we're saying, you know what's going to happen to the computers? They're actually going to melt down. 
they're going to go into an infinite loop and the computers are going to burn out. So we've built in an anti-AI system in our podcast that will destroy any artificial intelligence from Mark Zuckerberg trying to listen to it. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) (laughs) It'll actually destroy the computer. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a concept from Gödel Escherbach, where he created the um, the record that destroys, itself? that destroys the record player. So it creates a resonance form that when the record player plays this record, it'll create vibrations that are designed to cause the record player to vibrate, and, break it. and it'll undo the screws and break the record player. But isn't that an old thing that Greek does? The Romans and Greek, mm-hmm. they were in, in, in war, yeah. and one party, don't ask me which one. Mm-hmm. The Greeks. Uh, the Albanians. In... No, I think it might have been the Romans. Mm-hmm. In Greece, there was a castle, mm-hmm. so and they would, like, play the horn. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a pitch yeah. that would weaken the walls with the walls yeah. of the castle and after two or three weeks eventually the entire castle collapsed yeah like literally I mean it's possible I guess well they say it happened sonic weapons it's very possible it's, it's a conspiracy theory is it? people now that's something I could believe in without without questioning? without uh, much questioning well I think this requires um, some critical thinking skills. Well, it's it's known that you can break glass yeah. and certain uh, fragile things, and of course you would probably need weeks and weeks of that in order to mm-hmm. collapse a big castle. I think. Um, I think we should call MythBusters for that one. Let's go this way. We should call MythBusters. MythBusters. I think there should be more people that study acoustics. Mm-hmm. See? Um, I think it's a subject that hasn't been studied enough. Okay. The science of acoustics. Okay. Like what exactly is and how does it mathematically work? Mm-hmm. Why is Carnegie Hall better than another hall? I see. You know what I mean? And, and what it is that it gives it a certain... Hmm. It's very tough to find a good architect that could that could build a concert hall, mm-hmm. right? Because that's some um, fine stuff. Yeah. Um, or a good microphone, or good headphones. I mean, I have a hard time finding good uh, headphones. All the head all the headphones I get are these cheap Bluetooth ones that you can't change the batteries. I got a whole collection of Bluetooth headphones and microphones that don't work. Yeah, see, it's, it's funny. I'm stuck in the 18th century. I always think in terms of concert halls. Um, yeah. Uh, well, like your friend, your friend, the Chinese Communist Party is going to put an end to concert halls. Let me tell you. But not just concert halls. It could be any any room, so to say. Mm-hmm. It says. Well, the only song we're going to be singing in the future is going to be All Hail Mao Zedong, and everything else will be, send you to the gulag. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Not in America. Uh, I hope so. Nah. We got, we got Kalashnikovs here. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, we we saw some pretty wild people up, up upstate New York and Pennsylvania. They're not ha they're not having it. <laughs> no, no. They ain't having it. Yeah. They're not gonna give up so easily. They 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 tasted it too. Mm -hmm. like. It's just one thing that bugs me a lot is that Americans they adore the French and the Germans. Mm -hmm. Well, some do. So much. Well, some people do. They are so good. Yeah. Well, what about the English? That even ticks me off more. Exactly. Oh my god, yeah. That's even worse. <laughs> but that's just part of our culture. I mean, New Jersey was an English colony. And, um, you know, the Lawrenceville School. I mean, it was after the Revolution, but I would say it's a certain amount of uh, English culture that has definitely survived. I need to find some books on it. But see, people don't feel don't feel comfortable in chaos, right? Mm -hmm. they really, don't feel comfortable in chaos. Okay, I think we gotta stop our cop podcast here. Okay. Well, it's time to log in. Let's see to what time it is. In. It's 9.03. Oh, it's 9.03. Okay, we got to stop here, kids. Okay, well, thanks for joining our podcast today. See ya.